Welcome to Jersey Guy Sports, your sports talk home for the Yankees, the Giants, the Rangers, and the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. And I'm your host, Don. I want to thank you for listening. Now, today I'm going to be talking about the Rangers winning Game 1 over the Devils in convincing fashion for the NHL playoffs and the New York Yankees. Uh, Once again, the Yankees are not good enough. 2023 edition. So let's go ahead and get started. So it is NHL playoff time, baby. And uh, first round matchup has the Rangers against the Devils. And uh, should be quite a series. There's a lot of local flavor to it. A lot of talk before the series about how this would go down. My own mind, I really didn't and still don't feel the Rangers match up very well against the Devils. We'll see how it progresses as the series goes on. Game one was on Tuesday night, and it was in Newark, and the Rangers beat the Devils 5-1 to one in game one of the NHL playoffs. So very good start for our Rangers. Way to go. Um, it was a game, I think, in my mind, that was more reflective of, say, special teams, dominance, goaltending, and maybe a bit of playoff nerves on the Devils' side than of any kind of uh, other things people might read into the win. It was quite a convincing win, but I think there were some other things at play. Now, Igor was really strong in goal for the Rangers. Valachek was not for the Devils. Um, In the playoffs, much of the time, that's what matters, right? If your goaltender is better than theirs, many times, you you can get away with a lot. And certainly the Rangers have that strong goaltending for as long as I can remember. Now, the special teams difference in the game was really key. The Rangers went two for three on the power play. Really, it should have been three for three, but um, they had a third power play goal overturned because it was a high stick goal uh, by Lafreniere. So the Rangers ended up only being two for three on the power play instead of three for three. The Devils, on the other hand, were 0 for five on the power play. And those special teams played a huge, huge role in the Rangers' win over the Devils. Another key addition for the Rangers, uh, Vladimir Tarasenko, paid immediate dividends. Tarasenko opened the scoring about five minutes into the game, and it really set the Rangers on the right course for the game. Tarasenko is a huge pickup, as I've stated before. I really, really, really like that pickup. I didn't really love the Kane pickup as much, but I really like the Tarasenko pickup. And he's a huge benefit, I think, that the Rangers will ride throughout the playoffs for as long as they go. Now, Kane, on the other hand, was kind of about how he's been most of the season. A little bit slow, a little bit indecisive. You know, I'm really dubious as to his ability to, you know, help this team or even to not actively hurt the team in the playoffs, really. Well, we're going to have to see. I mean, his game is sort of the opposite of what we really need in the playoffs, meaning straight ahead, forward, quick decisions. And that's the opposite of what Kane has been providing so far. But on the other hand, Tarasenko was tremendous. So Tarasenko's been a tremendous playoff player in the past. He's won a cup. He's been tremendous. Um, let's see. Other items from the game one of the playoffs. The Rangers defense blocked many, many shots, which is uh, something that happens in the playoffs that doesn't happen as much in the regular season. Certainly, many block shots helped. If you were to watch, for example, just the second period of the game, um, it didn't look like the Rangers were dominating like the scoreboard showed. Um, it looked a lot like the Devils were the better team. The Rangers were getting badly outshot. Uh, the Devils were really using their speed well up and down the ice. Igor made a few saves. I don't think he had to really stand on his head, but the opportunities were there. And the Devils, 
really in that at the end of that period and throughout the game kind of seemed a bit off, you know, and, and it helped the Rangers, I guess, things settle down. And as the series goes on, when the nerves wear off for the Devils, I think the Rangers are going to be in trouble with the Devils' speed. They have to adjust, and they have to make sure that they don't allow that um, defense-to-offense game to really contribute a lot for the Devils because the Rangers during the regular season have been burned by that, and there were flashes of that in the second period that you know were luckily overcome by a few other factors. Again, I would not draw too many conclusions from this game one just yet. NHL playoff series are very long things, um, and there are many bridges to cross, yeah, for for the Rangers. And if I could draw your memory back to last year, the Rangers played in three playoff series last year, right? The opening round, the second round, and then the Eastern Conference Finals. And in each of those three series, the team that was up two games to zero lost the series. So winning game one, while it's great, and I'm very happy the Rangers did, doesn't necessarily set you up for success, right? The Rangers were losing 2-0 in the first series against Pittsburgh. They won. They were losing 2-0 against the Hurricanes. They came back and won the series. They were winning two games to none against Tampa Bay last year, and they lost in the Eastern Conference Finals. So it's great that they got game one. Uh, I'm reading a lot about, you know, what conclusions can be drawn from this game one. I think it probably needs to to die down a little bit. You know, it's really about finishing the series here. Um, I don't think this game one win is indicative as, you know, about very much, at least not yet. While the devil's speed, I guess, was evident again, their nervousness really seemed to be evident as well. There was a lot of talk before the series about the Rangers playoff experience versus the devil's playoff inexperience. And I think that was evident. I do not expect that to continue, but I think that was evident in game one. There were passes, you know, just going off sticks. There was some overskating, some sloppiness. Um, a few pucks that were should have been stopped at the blue line got past them and got out of the Rangers zone, which helped the Rangers out. I, I chalked that up to nerves and nervousness. I, I don't expect that to continue. I think the Devils are going to settle down. Now that the series is going, and I expect them to be much better. Um, Thursday night, which is game two. I expect the Rangers to see a much, much better Devils team on Thursday night in Newark. Uh, A team that's going to be much more crisp and much more aware of their need to tie the series here. Going down two games to nothing at home is is a tough pill to swallow for the Devils. So I expect a tough game on Thursday night. Still, lots of good things to take from from the Rangers. You know, Igor was sharp as hell, almost had a shutout. of course, it was Hughes that scored on him with, uh, I don't know, a few minutes left in the game on a uh, penalty shot that was called and a right and correct penalty shot. Otherwise, Igor would have had a shutout. Um, he didn't have to stand on his head, but he made plenty of very good saves um, and was certainly confident and strong. Um, and the advantage in goaltending so far was pretty obvious in game one. We'll see if there's a change made on the devil side in game two. So that was one strength. Um, another strength seemed to be um, Glad Kreider got a couple tip-in goals. Um, I was not certain how well Kreider would play in the postseason. He's a big part when the Rangers do well of, of our success. And this season has not been as good as last season. He is a force in front of the net with tip-ins. It's amazing for Kreider, too. 
and I'll have to say this because it's been on my mind for a few years now, um, Kreiner has sort of established himself as a forward who, when in front of the goalie, has tremendous sort of ability to deflect shots and score a lot of goals off of deflections. And he got two of them deflected goals on Tuesday night against the Devils. And it's ironic in my mind because for so many years, and even I would say to this day, outside of that one area where he's standing in front trying to deflect pucks, which he's really good at, his hands and his hand-eye coordination are terrible, right? I mean, if you see him going on a breakaway, I swear like every other time, oh, the puck just slipped off his stick or someone will give him a really good pass. Oh, he took an extra second to bobble it and could get it off and the defense checked him. Like he doesn't have particularly good hands at all in any situation except for when he's deflecting pucks where he's pretty much outstanding and I, I would say one of the best in the game right now. He's big, he's strong, he can. it's tough to push him away from the goalie. He blocks the sight of the goalie. He's very good on power plays and in other situations where he's getting in position to make deflections. And when he is trying to deflect passes or shots, his hand-eye coordination seems great. And that's why, to me, it's such an ironic sort of contrast with the rest of his game where he seems like he cannot even receive a pass or, or control the puck at all half the time. It's one of the things I made fun of him for in the last eight or nine years is, Jesus Christ, it's like that first time he tried to stick handle somewhere. But in front of the net, he seems to be a wizard with these deflections, and he's, and he's pretty damn good at it. And I was very happy to see him score two goals. I think it's a good sign for the Rangers. Adam Fox had four assists in one game, which is pretty tremendous. And um, I think the team in general played played fairly well defensively, which I think is, you know, one of the big takeaways. Ironically, I think in an, in an odd way, I think the Rangers are the team that needs to up their game to win Thursday, particularly defensively. And it, people may laugh when they hear that after, oh, the team that won 5-1 has really got to pick it up or they're going to lose – I don't think we saw the real Devils team. I really don't. Um, I've seen them all year against the Rangers, and they were much better. And they will be much better on Thursday night. So the Rangers better buckle up. They better be prepared. And I think if the Rangers don't up their game a little more, particularly defensively, um, and particularly with sustaining some offensive zone pressure, I think it, it might be a long night Thursday night. But it was an excellent start. Uh, it was an excellent all-around game for the Rangers. Um, their power play, their penalty killing, their goaltending, their offense, and their shot blocking all were very good. Again, I think there's all reasons for that. As I stated earlier, some nervousness, some inexperience. I expect all that to be wiped clean on Thursday night, and I think it's going to be a very good <clears throat> game, too, on Thursday night. So let's go, Rangers. I think I'm going to go ahead and move on and talk about the Yankees for a bit now. So maybe I'll go ahead and give a little early season state of the state, state of the Yankees kind of uh, review from early on. Um, maybe uh, let's break it up into what's good and what's bad about baseball in the Yanks this year. So a few good things. Number one, not even specific to the Yankees, the new Major League Baseball rules. They're just friggin' awesome. This pitch clock and no shift are just tremendous. They are the best things to happen to baseball in as long as I can remember. The game is unimaginably better to watch than it has been in previous years. It's sped up. It's so much better if you're a fan watching a game on TV. Major League Baseball is so much, so much, so much better as a fan, as a watcher. 
it is mild better. It's an excellent job by Major League Baseball in getting these rules approved and pushing them through because it is a better product. Baseball is now a better product than it ever has been in the last 20 years, and it's because of these new rules. The game is crisp. There's no standing in, in the on-deck circle, dicking around, grabbing your jaw, picking up dirt, pitchers walking around the mound, talking here. There's none of that shit, and it's great. And to just watching the get the pitch, throw the pitch, get the pitch, throw the pitch, it's great. Get the ball. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. So number one in, on the list of good things for the Yanks and baseball, the new rules. It makes the games great. The games are shorter. They're better to watch, and they're fun. <clears throat> Garrett Cole, number two, has been great so far. Talking about the good things, right? Cole has just been outstanding for the Yanks. Full stop. There's almost nothing else you can say other than he's been just a tremendous, tremendous pitcher for the Yankees this year. Uh, he pitched a complete game shutout the other day, which is a rare feat in 2023, I would say. And you almost see no one, no starting pitchers. Anyway, pitch complete game shutout. So having Cole do that the other day is a tremendous feat. So that's great. Um, still, I think people need to calm their response here and calm down about Cole. You know, I, I, the stuff I'm reading and the hyperbole I'm hearing about Cole at this point is is ridiculous. I mean, so far, so good. But we're in the middle of April, and he's pitched four good games. That's tremendous. You know, we're paying him $35 friggin million a year. He should be pitching good in the middle of April, right? And he has, and that's great. I, I love it. You know, talk to me in July and August about Cole, and I'll be very happy. But, you know, let's not, you know be raising any banners for him just yet, right? We're paying him $35 million a year. He's had four good starts. That's great. Last year, you remember, he was getting batted all around the ballpark. So, you know, saying that he's the best pitcher in baseball, clearly at this point, whatever. You can have an argument about it. He's in the top five somewhere. But um, I'd like to see a few more starts other than some, you know, early April games to say how Cole is, you know, the best pitcher in baseball. So far, he's been spectacular, and he's been a stabilizing force for a Yankee starting pitching staff that's kind of in shambles. Between injuries and some poor pitching, Cole has been really the stabilizing force. So that's a good thing. Moving on, uh, DJ LeMahieu. Um, he seems back to normal. He looks good. He's getting lots of hits. He's drove in the only two runs in that uh, great goal game that Cole pitched the other day. He had a homer and I think a single or double that drove in the other run. And the Yankees went 2 nothing in that Cole shutout. And DJ drove and boosted the runs. And this is about the best thing possible for the Yankees. Getting DJ healthy and playing well is a tremendous help to the team. Anthony Volpe is another good part to the season. Having him actually start, his defense is spectacular. His speed is quite a weapon. He has not been thrown out on the bases yet. He's 6 for 6 in stolen bases. He does need to continue improving his hitting, for sure. He's only batting in the high 100s now, so it'll come along. He'll be fine, but uh, he's definitely a plus for the team. Uh, and, of course, Nestor Cortez has been pitching great again, as he always does. He's one of my favorite pitchers to watch ever. Just He never had a problem with the pitch caught because he always gets the ball through the ball. So another good positive sign for the Yanks. Um, and Glaber Torres... I'm going to put in both camps, good and bad. He started out very good, right? He was tremendously hot. Um, and now he's 
cooling off significantly at the plate. I think he got a hit yesterday, but he's still, you know, nowhere near hitting as well as he did in the beginning. His value was so tremendous about a week or two ago when I was urging Cashman to just trade him while his value was very, very high because he doesn't have a position on the team. He clearly, and this I'll, I'm about to talk about some of the bad things on the team, and Gleyber Torres' defense is one of the bad things on the team. Watching him try to play second base in 2023 is like scratching sand in my eyes. I can't, I can't watch him. He, he doesn't hustle. He doesn't bend. He forgets to get to second base. He's so lazy. I just, he's a terrible, terrible defensive player. And, you know, it's a, it's a tough thing. That could have been masked um, if we didn't play him, if we traded him before all of this defensive, you know, bad play is shown to the rest of the league again and again. But um, that that's the first on my list of some things that are not so good for the Yanks. Continuing the injuries, right? There's so, so many injuries to the Yankees this year. And I'm not even going to talk about people that are out for the year, and there's a lot of them. Um, Severino, starting pitcher, he's still out, looking at a return sometime in May. Fantastic. Loisaga, he's out with arm inflammation, due back maybe sometime in May. Fantastic. Another pitcher, Rodon, our star, you know, free agent, pitcher signing, you know, Cashman in his infinite, you know, stupidity again, but his wonderful GMing gets this guy. He's now out with two fucking injuries. This guy's got two injuries. He has some arm injury, and now, as of yesterday, he's got a friggin' back injury. Great job, Cashman. Just spectacular. Looks like we have another winner here on the team with Rodon. Supposed to be this fantastic starting lefty pitcher, our number two pitcher behind Cole. Jesus Christ. Uh, Harrison Bader is making his way back. Um, I don't know when he's going to be back. Um, probably another week or two. It'll be great uh, when he gets back on the, on the field. Uh, he hasn't played yet. And now, um, you know, to cap it all off with the injuries, <clears throat> Stanton. John Carlos Stanton. Out with a fucking hamstring injury. Shocking. Shocking. And to make matters worse, he pulled his hamstring after swinging and hitting a ball to the fence that he stared at at the plate for three seconds as if he was going to strut for a home run. So instead of fucking running it out, he stared at the ball. Then when he realized it wasn't a homer, he jogged. Then when he realized he had to hustle to get to second, he sped up real quickly and then pulled up and, and pulled his fucking hamstring. And now he's out four to six weeks. And you know with Stanton, just like every other goddamn time, when he when they say four to six weeks, it'll be like eight to ten weeks. You know that. We'll see. If he's back by the 4th of July, I'll be shocked. Bottom line, Stanton cannot stay healthy. He cannot stay in the lineup. This is the seventh time since 2019 that Giancarlo Stanton has been on the injured list. Seven times since 2019. I mean, it's just amazing. The amount of money we're spending on these players that cannot stay healthy is beyond ridiculous. It's just insane. And, you know, what what are you going to say about Stan? When he's great and healthy, he can really carry a team for some periods. He does have you know that streakiness that's both positive and negative where he, you know, when he's doing well, it's, it's incredible. And when he's not... He has a lot of trouble at the plate as well. But, you know, when he's not healthy, he can't do any of that. And this is one of those situations where he's been out 
And it looks like he's going to be on again for <clears throat> the seventh time in the last three or four years. So that's just spectacular. Um, you know, it's it, this part of the game where people hit the ball and stare at it. I mean, if he just ran out of the box normally, he would have been at second base and he wouldn't have pulled his hamstring there. Now, it's not to say he wouldn't have done it another day, but sitting there staring at it and then having a really kick ass to get to second base really caused this injury this time. And it's this horse shit. And you hear, you know, Michael Kay and all the other dipshits talking about, oh, let the kids play, let the kids play. I mean, you know, let them show off, let them flip bats, let them stare. What kind of fucking motto is that? Let the kids play. It's horseshit. That seems like it was developed by a 22-year-old major league marketing imbecile, right? Instead of let the kids play, maybe grow up and act like you've been there before would be a better slogan, you know? Not let the kids play. Grow up and act like you've been there before. That's a better slogan. Jesus. It's just, I, I, what are you going to say? In any case, the Yanks will be without Stanton for at least four to six weeks. Again, my bet is we don't see him before the 4th of July. We'll see. We'll see. Let's see. Other bad stuff besides injuries and other things. Clark Schmidt got lit up again. Clark Schmidt is terrible. He's a terrible pitcher. I don't know why the Yankees are sticking with him. Just get rid of him. I know that we have other pitching injuries, so there's a spot, but this cannot be the best that we have to offer. I mean, he sucks. His stuff is bad. They kept talking about, oh, he's got some new pitch. His new pitch gets lit up and hit all over the goddamn stadium. He's terrible. He's terrible. I mean, he couldn't get out of the first inning. The first two 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 guys are up, and it was we were down 2 nothing. Otani hit one about nine miles after the first guy lit up a double. It was just a terrible start for Schmidt. He's a bad pitcher. Clark Schmidt's a bad pitcher. Full stop. Why is he here? I don't want him as a reliever, a long reliever, a starter. I don't want him. Get him off the team. I don't like Schmidt. Get rid of him. Other bad things for the Yanks. Josh Donaldson, still on the team. Still terrible. And in addition, he's hurt, which is actually good. Nobody cares he's hurt because he sucks so badly that it helps the team when he's hurt. But he sucks. He's going to be playing again soon, and he's terrible, and he's hurt in addition to that. Fucking great. Aaron Hicks, almost the same thing. Still here. Still terrible. Rinse, repeat. What are you going to say about Aaron Hicks? What can you say that hasn't been said? Um, There's nothing. I mean, if you listen to any one of my podcasts about the Yankees, almost everyone as the words Hicks sucks balls coming out of my mind because out of my mouth, because that's what it is. What else is there to say about Aaron Hicks that hasn't been said at some point? Because Hicks will still be playing this year because of all the injuries. He'll get a little better this year, right? Right now he gets booed almost every time he walks up to the plate. But at some point, you know what guys, what's going to happen. He'll, he'll get a little better because it's almost impossible to get worse. He'll get a couple of hits. He'll hit a home run. He'll stand there and flaunt and drop the bat. And like, he's all cool. Like he's hitting 032, but he hit a homer. So he's going to just like walk at two miles around because he hit a homer. He'll get his batting average up a little bit, whatever. And you're going to hear the announcers and the people writing in the paper. See, we knew he could do it. You can hear him. You're going to hear Aaron Boo. We knew he had it in him. He was, you know, He's really had good swings over the last, you know, month and a half. You could tell it was coming. And basically, you know, he'll go on some small tear. And then after bringing his average all the way up to whatever, 230 or 240 or some horse shit, he'll stop hitting again. He'll get hurt again. 
whatever. Rinse, repeat. Hicks absolutely sucks and he has to go. I mean, I, I don't know how many times on the podcast I can say this, but he cannot be on this team. He is a drag on this team. He's an awful, awful outfielder. He can't catch the ball. He's terrible. He has to go. He's a career 230 hitter that gets worse every single year. I don't know what to say about him. Uh, other bad things um, our catchers apparently cannot throw anyone out. I was checking this morning because I wasn't sure. And it's not just in my mind. Apparently, our catchers this year are 0 for 13 with runners at steal this year. That means that 13 different runners have tried to steal bases and all 13 have been successful. So um, our catchers are the worst in baseball at throwing people out at this point. So it's not just in my mind. So that's not a good thing. Um, we'll have to see. We'll have to see. Um, we'll have to reassess the Yankee, you know, progress this year once the team is healthy. Um, but my thought is basically the same as it was last year and before last year. And that is that the Yankees are a good team, but they've not improved enough this year again like they don't every year, to be good enough to actually win the World Series. They're a good team. They're not a great team. And we'll have to reassess that when they're healthier, you know, maybe mid-August or something. But I said this in the beginning of the season, the moment they brought Boone and Cashman back before the season, this was going to be a, you know, a rinse-repeat. And so far, it's been rinse-repeat. They're going to end up winning 95, 100 games this year, They'll get in the playoffs, they'll lose in the first round, or they'll win a round and then lose in the you know ALCS. They're not going to win the World Series. This team is not that good. And, and again, the one improvement they made is that shortstop, because Volpe will end up being very, very good. But they still have Donaldson. They still have Hicks. They're keeping IKF on the team. There's plenty of good players in the minors and other trades that were available to this team that were not made. Um We'll see. Again, we, it's very hard to know what we have with all of the people on the injured list, but that's where we are. That's where we are, and that's where we seem to be every year. So uh, we'll have to take a look in a couple months and see how this team does. And that's all I have for you today. So thank you for listening to Jersey Guy Sports. Please subscribe to the podcast if you can. Tell your friends all about it, and I will be back soon with some more sports talk. Thanks. Have a good day.